whose clown was that? That it's like, is it like a family clown that they're passing it's, down? Like, why is it in his room staring at his bed? This was your great-great-grandfather's creepy clown, and now it can be yours. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan, and I finally watched Poltergeist. This is David, and I also finally watched Poltergeist. Or as we like to call it, The Exorcist for Kids. Yeah, yeah that's what I expected. Well, not the for kids part, really. But yeah, Steven Spielberg's presents The Exorcist. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but this was basically the studio wanting a sequel to that, and then he was not willing to give them a sequel to that, but uh, ended up making this instead. And honestly, I did not know what uh, I was getting into. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I think I was expecting more of a exorcist feel and then when the movie started well first of all i didn't expect to start with like the little girl saying they're here like in the first you know scene of the film i thought that came way later so when that happened i was like oh okay we're getting like into the shit right now right and then like the movie goes for a huge like lull um and then and then it kind of started being quote unquote spooky. Um but I think one thing that this I like the story, I like the acting. I think everything hit the mark, but you know, one thing that this suffered from, a lot of eighties films suffered from is the extremely cheesy CGI took me out of it a lot, like the big ghost and ghouls or demons or whatever it was. Um apparitions i was just like uh, okay i just kind of like the whole like practical effects of it i thought that was very that was done very well but um the cgi took me out of it uh, a little bit it, it's funny too is um so yeah i was watching this and i was just like it opens up with steven spielberg's name on it in big type and that is just something that had escaped me his involvement with this and then there are some like theories on that. He was actually the one that directed it. Although he's like sort of denied that. Um, But after you see that, I was like, Oh wait, what, what is this going to be then? And it's outside of one scene. It is basically just a Steven Spielberg movie. Um, The scene where the dude's ripping his own face off. Um, Fun fact is the hands doing the ripping is Steven Spielberg's hands. He really want to get in there. Um, but besides that, like, so this is rated PG. Um, I think they had to fight to get a PG because it was going to be rated R. This is when there was no PG-13. And besides that scene, I think, yeah, it probably 
easily fits into PG. And so that's the only thing that doesn't feel like a Spielberg part. Mm. Like everything else just, I don't know, what else to you? Well, I it's kind of like the whole thing with the Goonies, right? Because we, we asked people when we were doing the Goonies way back when, um, we asked people if the Goonies was a, um, an appropriate movie to show their kids. And many came back with, yes, it's fine. You know, it's perfectly okay. Um, but the only one, like the only stopping of that would be like the showing of all the dead bodies. And I think more so than the ripping the guy's face off <laughs> uh, is all of the very realistic dead bodies. I think, well, first of all, those are real skeletons. But I think when you have a kid. Is that a joke? Because the, the Goonies one was real skeletons, too. No, these are real skeletons. Oh, also. Okay. Uh, apparently, it was just easier <laughs> to yeah, get real skeletons. Just too. get real skeletons. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that was the justification for this movie. Um, but it, it, when you have a kid and they turn like three or four, show them the skeletons and then afterwards show them the face ripping off scene and just see which one like affects them more. No, you said the only scene, right? You said the only scene was was the face ripping off scene that would make it go to R instead of PG. And I would I was just adding that that I think the skeletons popping out of the ground has to also kind of be considered into the well, yeah, possible but that's R in, rating. But that's like today's standards, right? Jaws PG. Right. So I'm saying that back then, I think that's the only thing they really had to fight over was the difference between R and PG would have been the face ripping off. Um, and it, it doesn't really matter. But like, so going into this, I was a little bit, it just wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I thought I was getting. I thought I was getting like a, a kind of an exorcist type movie. And so that really throws you off. And, and honestly, like, I don't I'm curious if I had seen Poltergeist when I was little if I would have had the same like thoughts about it as I do ET like ET kind of has a place you know in my heart and this just felt like ET light you know what I mean like as a not as good movie like it's oh, still yeah, great ET light I remember an ET where uh you know the guy was ripping his face off Well yeah I don't I don't think he, I think you misunderstood what I was saying happens a lot with you but what i was saying is like a not as good version and that's not to say that it's not great but it's just not it like i don't know seeing it this late in life and just having it like not be what i was expecting i was like oh i don't know and i didn't get a chance to watch it twice which i usually try and do um when i haven't seen something before just I think I was very affected upon the first watch about expectations, which can always affect the way you watch a movie. And then um, just like seeing it as an adult. Now, one thing I'll say about that, too, is I watched the first half, uh, like the first hour and 10 minutes at like one day. And then I finished the last 45 the next. And I enjoyed the last 45 a lot more. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I then knew what kind of movie I was watching. Mm. Um, so it's just like your expectations going into this have to be, you have to know what it is. And I, it escaped me that it was a Spielberg movie. Well, also I think the last 45 is the stronger half of the movie. Um, and that's hard to say really with this kind of movie, with the setup and, and payoff. Um, but I, I enjoy the ending much more than I enjoyed setting up the ending. 
Another thing too about like, do you like this as a kid or versus you know an adult and comparing it to ET? The both of them are very different movies, right? Both of them are are saying very different things. ET is more hopeful and inspirational, and you know, friendship rules, etc. And this is trying to scare you. This is doing its best to strike fear in your heart. Uh, and I think, I think because this is 2022, we have a lot. Uh, it it has a lot going against it right now. Um, with with what would scare us? Have you seen or heard of the remake? Like the 2000, I don't even know, 12 15. remake of. 15 uh no, I, I honestly i didn't know it happened i probably knew it happened back then but no like when i when they said sam rockwell was in a 2015 remake i was like what yeah yeah so you know this whole movie was like propaganda to be like tv is bad for you etc cetera, etc cetera. and so it doesn't make sense to do like a, a remake in 2015 and still be like tv is bad for you but watch movies um so it was like the closet, right? It was the closet. All the freaky, creepy shit was happening in the closet, which honestly makes sense because of what happens to the little girl in this movie uh, with the closet. So it's kind of smart to stick with like, you know, where everything happens. But uh, yeah, I heard that was not very good. Um, and, and the thing, by the way, I was saying earlier is obviously they're different movies, but it feels like an ET, right? I mean, like, the music, even though it's I don't it's not John Williams score, but like the the music and it's got it's got like hopeful music, even though it's kind of terrifying in parts. Um, right. But so it just it it feels like Spielberg trying to do a horror movie. And it's like, yeah, it's like a Disney fied version, like a, a little bit of like what The Exorcist was was going for. Um, having said that, it's still like it's really great. I love like the comedic aspects of it. I loved the ending, although it has a second ending that I'm curious, like if you think was as necessary. Um, it also, you know, it's funny though, is this movie originally was supposed to be way darker. Like the guys who I, wrote I it. I wish it was. The guys who wrote it were like, somebody in the family has to die. And Spielberg was like, well, who? And they're like, the little girl. And he's like, no, <laughs> just no, we're not doing that. Well, we know Steven Spielberg movies, you know, love loves kids. I, I, I thought you were going to say they wanted the teenage daughter to die and how little she was in the movie. I was like, OK, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. She, she kind of escapes. That would have been, you know, eventually too close to life, too, which is like really sad. All the people that that like passed after this, like two people. She was murdered. And then much later, though, but the the guy who steals the mom's food uh, was murdered by a dude with like a hatchet. Wait, what? Yeah, so Dominique Dunn, who plays the oldest daughter, was killed by her ex boyfriend like four to six months after this movie premiered. I did not know that. That's insane. Yeah, and then, like I said, the other guy who is just in a very small role, he was killed, you know, much later, 30 years later. Um, and then the little girl, she died in 88 from um like a she had like a not a disease but just like an issue with her with her stomach that ended up killing her so um that, that 
And what's funny is I think that played into why I thought this movie was so dark. You know, the, the poltergeist curse that they talk about with like all the things that have happened to people after this movie. And so well, even during the movie, right? Like people died on set. Right. And so that, I think that played into me thinking this was much darker than it was when it was just like, no, I guess it was just an accident prone and an unlucky set. Um, do you want to yeah. get into it? Yeah, let's let's get into it. I was very confused when this movie opens with the national anthem and plays the entire national anthem. Um, and then I realized it was the TV and I was like, oh, and I looked it up. But I, I figured this, but that's how TV ended. Each night at midnight, they played the national anthem. Oh, really? And, that's and TV, what it was? And, and TV just turned off and went to static. Mm, okay. I mean, that makes more sense. Yeah, I was confused, too. And I was like, wow, this is very, like, purge-like, you know? Um, <laughs> I was... Uh, but, yeah, okay, I guess that's more of a... During the time, you would have gotten it quicker than us. So, Right. And so it, it does get pretty much right into the plot. And one thing I'll say, though, is, like, there you can describe this plot pretty thoroughly in a couple minutes, but it's an hour and like 50 minute movie. Well, Um, it's not like, yes, you're absolutely right, but it takes about an hour and 15 minutes of that to, you know, tell you what the hell is actually going on. Well, cause they do a lot to establish the characters in the beginning, especially the mom and dad and the little girl and the little boy. And then, there's the movie ends and there's 20 minutes left and then they have a complete another ending right because when the mom saves the little girl i think that's the natural ending of the movie with like five minutes of exposition of them like we're getting the fuck out of here but instead they have this whole other ending which i think is to make the movie a little darker oh Um, i liked it so much better i i thought the i wasn't checking the timestamp, so as the movie was ending i was like Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's the end. The whole other ending, the actual ending that I, you know, that we watched, I thought was like completely necessary. It it elevated the the movie for me quite a bit. Uh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it makes it scarier, right? It makes it if the if Spielberg directed it, it's probably that first ending that it just that it just stops on, right? Um, yeah. But he instead of what's his name, Tobe. Tobe Hooper, who did Tobe uh, Texas, Hooper, Texas, yeah. Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the originals, um, or at least some of the originals. I thought the camera work in the beginning and like a lot of the camera work in this was really good. Uh, like it definitely caught my eye. And the way that we follow the dog, it kind of was like, I knew the dog wasn't evil, but it's like, it was just funny, like how that happens in so many of these movies, right? And you're like, oh, like it just makes you a little suspicious. Um, but we get right to the girl talking to the TV, like very creepily. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, I thought that came much later because, I mean, that's the famous scene, right? That's like the scene of the movie. And it's like the first five minutes. Well, the, but then the famous line that you're talking about earlier does come like, what, 20 minutes in, like a little bit later. Um, yeah, so, when yeah, she's like in the- her parents' room, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that they get right into it is pretty crazy. And then there's just a lot, a lot of exposition. Like, and it's just basically to set up plot points, right? Like the football game 
where the neighbor's TV remote controls his TV and they want to watch Mr. Rogers and he wants to watch football. Like that's just to set up this neighbor for later, which is I think completely unnecessary. And then you have the guys outside working on the pool and that's just to establish that there's a pool. Is Um, it also to establish how fucking creepy that guy is? Who are those uh, guys are? Blotto, I guess. Um, and and then you know you get the the bird dying, which I don't know, it's just I guess the portents of of death, right? And and the fact that they're burying it there, and this turns out to be like a burial ground. Um, yeah. you know it's you know there's there's definitely that part of it. What's funny? Also, what know, a what a Steven Spielberg way to like have her about to flush the bird, and then like the shadow of the bird, and the girl walks in right there. Well, yeah, it's like total jaws. Um. And what's funny is someone like someone pointed this out that like the parents didn't smoke cigars, but they put the bird in a cigar box and the the girl's like, I don't think the bird's gonna like the smell of this. And it turns out that's like where they kept their weed. Cause like the next scene they're rolling joints in bed. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's not Spielberg. But I thought that was it was pretty like that I enjoyed that part of it, just like the the levity of like showing, you know, that these parents love each other and they're kind of like they're you know, they're younger and fun loving and I think this, you know, they took the time to establish all of this, which is if you're going to do it, it, I think they did it well. Yeah, no, I, the character development, uh, same thing with like The Exorcist or like older horror movies that I just know of, like either the famous scene or like what it's about generally. But the fact that it's packed with all this character development is like a really nice surprise while you're watching it. Um, it kind of like, I mean, purposefully too, obviously, right. It sets up what's about to happen to this family, but it makes you actually like care that shit's about to go down to these people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and there's like the you know I talked about the TV changing itself when you haven't seen this at first but you know what it's about I was like oh is that the poltergeist is it already there you know what I mean and it's just this kind of this fake out um, but we get to oh and the other thing when the parents are in bed I do love the moment where the kid gets really scared of lightning and his dad's like all right just count it down right if you count it and it keeps going up then you're fine and he does it and then it's just a straight cut to both the children in bed with the parents. Right, they like couldn't handle it. Yeah, I think that was good too, and and I think this is a good transition to what brings me to the first actually like actual creepy part of the movie is that fucking tree. Yeah, that tree. Listen, if I was a little kid, I'm watching this. That tree would legitimately terrify me. Well, apparently that is something uh, Steven Spielberg was scared of lightning as a kid. And then he had a tree outside of his house that he was really scared of. But that's like that's I mean, obviously, it's a fake tree. Like you could tell from a million miles away that it's a fake tree. It Even like the close up of the branches and the trunk of the tree, you could tell it's made out of that. Like, you know, whatever movies make fake forests out of sort of material. Um but I did not expect the fucking tree eating the kid. Come on. No, yeah. And that part was genuinely... So Ashley was telling me, you were like, oh, Ashley could handle watching this movie. And I, she's like, I've seen it. I saw it as a kid. It scarred me. 
I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> this is why your wife doesn't watch any horror movies. Right. But so that next night when the static happens again and the national anthem plays, and we kind of now know that's a cue for, it's interesting because it's a natural cue of like of the time people know oh, the national anthem plays, but it's then used in this context and it becomes the cue of shit's about to go down when the national right. anthem is playing. Right. Um, and then this is when we get the famous they're here line. And I, having seen zero seconds of this movie, had heard that part of it, like in, you know, mashups of famous movie quotes and clips and all that. Of course. Um, and I didn't even know what it was from, but when I heard it, I was like, oh shit, that's like a deep. You didn't memory. know that they're here is from Poltergeist. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I mean, all I knew, I, I thought there were going to be scenes with the little girl in bed throwing up and like, yeah, I thought she got possessed and yeah, I had no idea. What uh, happened okay. In this movie. Okay. You know, what's funny is before uh, you said, let's do this film. And I like searched on where we could watch this movie. Uh, HBO Max, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought for a second that the they're here line was from Third Encounters, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That would make and, sense too, right? <laughs> yes. And and then while I was searching where to watch this movie, the picture of the little girl came up and I was like, oh, that's the little girl that says they're here. So that's when I associated it with this movie. Um, I, I thought it could be either or, but then it was like cemently put like, OK, it's this it's this film. Um, let me ask you something. When the little sh when the whatever beam shot out of the TV into the parents room, like above their their headboard. Did you ever think that was going to come back into play? Uh, yeah, and it did. It didn't, right? <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah, their it's yeah their bedroom. Like nothing happens in their bedroom. It all goes in like the kids' bedroom, which is funny because I guess it's sort of foreshadowing that the kids are scared of their room and hide even before anything has happened. Yeah, like the beam shot out of the mom and dad's TV above their headboard and like created like a little black hole. And I thought, oh, I was like, oh, that's the gate. Like, that's the gate that all the shit's going to come out of. Um, and it wasn't. It was the, the kid's closet. Yeah. I love the next day when the mom has basically done nothing. You know, the little girl staring at Carol Ann staring at the TV and then the chairs start moving and then she does nothing all day except fuck with these chairs and like drawing arrows on the floor and then the dad comes home and carol's like mommy hasn't made dinner i'm hungry she's like we'll get pizza hut like get over here and look at this it's just so fascinating which it would be right oh it totally I, would be and i i love the cut where it's like she walks away with the chairs and then you you like pan back and they're all like in a pyramid like that was a cool cool thing to do back then you know? Yeah. And I, what they did is apparently just had crew members come in and take out the other chairs and put in that thing. And they had like seven seconds to get it right. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, like a lot of movies, um, and this is a, a thing that I notice when we do all these like seventies and eighties horror flicks, um, primarily from stranger things, there's a lot of references in like modern day, 
um, pop culture and horror movies and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like as we watch The Exorcist or Nightmare on Elm Street um, or The Thing. And I'm like, oh, that that movie or that show is referencing this scene from this movie and that show. I cannot believe how many references went over my head f- that are from this film. From in from Stranger Things? No, from I mean from yeah, well, partially, but even other films like Poltergeist is so influential in like the horror uh ghost possession like stuff, right? Um and and one thing that reminded me with the chairs is and I know you've seen the first one, I don't know if you've seen the second one. Maybe the other way around. Uh Paranormal Activity. I don't remember which ones I've seen. But the cabinets, the cabinets. But there's also one. I think it might even be the third one where she wa- there's like this camera that pans back and forth, and it's like panning back and forth uh, from from the kitchen to the living room and back, and all of a sudden, all the furniture is gone. Like all the furniture, all the shit on the uh, the countertops is just gone. She walks in and she looks around and she's like, what? And then it all comes crashing down from the ceiling. Like it was all up there and it all fell. And I, that shit scared the shit out of me. But I'm like, it it got its influence from there. Poltergeist did it first, you know? Uh, Yeah, no, for sure. This is like the second in a row where you've just ruined a different horror movie. <laughs> They're, they're uh, fine. It's okay. I love right after this when they go to the neighbors to try and get them to come look. And then just the line about mosquitoes. We don't get affected by mosquitoes, do we? Do we, son? And the, guy, the little kid's like, huh? <laughs> like, he just like, gr- like, huh? That yeah, family I mean, is, it, is it, great. Yeah. It established like such a suburban dynamic within like a neighborhood, you know? And that, that family is not needed at all. I thought they were going to make a much bigger be a much bigger plot point, especially in the end when the wife yells for them and they come over, but you just see them and then they do nothing. It's totally not needed. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I guess they're just there for like, Oh, why wouldn't someone come running to their need? And then you have these people that do nothing. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. So the next night is when shit really goes down and they've decided uh, just not to tell anybody about this anymore, which I don't know if that bites them in the ass or whatnot. No one's going to believe them. I think in the original script, they like the town basically turned on them and then they were like even prosecuted. And then the poltergeist sort of just like started attacking everyone else in the community too. But the tree grabs the kid, which is super scary. And I imagine scary for my wife when she was like, three or four or five when she watched this. Um, Right. And then as they're focusing all their energy on saving the kid, we haven't even mentioned that fucking clown. Like, like that thing was creepy. And that is the perfect transition to the second most creepiest, legitimately scary thing in this movie is that fucking clown. So my wife told me this story and it's amazing that there was this little clown doll that her mom put in her and her sister's room. And they hated it and were freaked out by it. And I think mostly because of Poltergeist. And so that they would take it and hide it places. And their mom would find it and be like, oh, why is this in here? And put it back in their room and just it would freak them out more because it kept showing back up. <laughs> How did it not freak out their mom? The fact that it kept 
like going into different places. I think she's just uh, like, oh, they're playing with it again. <laughs> oh, they must really love it as much as they play with it and put it in weird places, huh? Um, yeah, man, that doll. We, that's another thing. Okay, so a couple things brings brings me uh, here is that you say the second ending might have been unnecessary. But that doll doesn't really come into play that much until the second ending. And I think that is such a scare factor for so many people that it it's necessary to bring that doll back, right? Like in a in a big way. And the and the other thing uh that this scene brings me to is uh everyone's focused on either one kid, which you know it means that the other kid is absolutely fucked. Yeah, that's why eventually they're just we're sending all the kids away except for the one we're focusing on. So, um, and the, I think the sixteen-year-old is like happy to go out. Apparently, Fee is uh, on the town yeah. a lot, is what it seems. Oh, yeah. from. I picked that, that one up. line. She's like, "Oh, that holiday, and I know that place." And you're like, "Wait, what? What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. She gets she gets down and jiggy with it. Definitely, um, down and jiggy with it. Yeah, well, it's better than saying she fucks. So. Is it? So, I mean, she's, yeah, probably underage in this movie. So, um, they save the one kid. They go into the closet and find that Caroline is just missing. And they can't find her anywhere. And then, what the fuck is it? Robbie? Robbie is his name? Robbie man, yeah. has not a lot to do in this except to be scared. But yeah, Robbie's well, like, she's in the TV. Yeah. <laughs> The the other thing too is that the practical effects are so good in this movie. Like you know how they're always like you know people say oh Chris Nolan are you know so innovative with Inception in the spinning hallway. This motherfucker spent like a spend a whole house uh, oh, for the for the just, mom scene. Well, not only for the mom scene, but that whole room was on a tilt for, to like suck all the uh, kid stuff in that closet. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, but, you know, if we go back to 2001, that thing was just like a spinning wheel, you know, so. I guess. I guess you're right. Um, so, yeah, she gets sucked in and the kid gets eaten by a tree. Doesn't really show how Robbie got out of the tree. Like, you know, his dad pulled him out, but he was like 90% of the way in there. Like, it just cut to his dad, like, landing on the ground with him. You don't see how, how that really went down. Probably not. I actually, not well. I actually think Robbie was a distraction, and they just wanted Carol Ann the whole time. Oh, so I believe they, it. So once they had secured the Carol Ann, mm-hmm. they just spit Robbie out. They're like, "I don't fucking want Robbie. We got what we want." But it, but in the end, the clown was like, "I got to fuck with this kid more." So let me at him. Clown was his own little own little thing. Um, I love when they meet the paranormal people. Uh, first of all, this is something I missed, but apparently the dad, Craig T. Nelson, at one point says, oh, uh, my daughter's 16, my wife's 32, which would mean that she would have had her at 16. But apparently, originally, this is supposed to be like a, a stepmom situation. Um, oh, so this is like a okay. second marriage. Uh, okay. But... <laughs> I love when these paranormal people are explaining their like experiences. And the one guy's like, I recorded it. You wouldn't even be able to see it without the recording. 
but it moved seven feet in seven hours. I want to be like, was it on a tilt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, first I love the paranormal people because it's not, it's not what you're expecting. At least it's not what I was expecting when they're like, Oh, we're going to bring in these paranormal experts. I didn't expect the lead to be a woman and the other two to be like nerds because that's what we get nowadays. So I was like, what does the seventies version of that look like? But now I know why we get that dynamic in like modern day, like poltergeist movies because they set the precedence to be that dynamic back then. Yeah, Spielberg was woke even back then. I guess so. I mean, woke woke casting. You have an African American, a white guy, and a woman. Come on. Yeah, it's like a like a United Nations roundtable. <laughs> um, I think this is where we could have cut the fat on the movie. Honestly, I think really, if if what you need is them to like explain their credentials. They open the door and see everything floating, which is a great effect. Uh, It doesn't age well, but it still looks cool. You're like, all right, that's cool. They see everything floating around and then they get yelled at and they're like, all right, this is bigger than us. And then you just need the dude clawing at his own face and then you bring her in. But there's like a lot more. There is. Days pass. There's like this whispering talk between the woman and the mom and the boy and i'm just like i couldn't even i could barely hear it and i was like i don't yeah none of this matters like speed it up i agree with you i agree with you i think there's also some um like they give the two stu- I, I don't know what they are what are they the assistant paranormal guys right i guess so um they give them just a bunch of like useless shit to do like how frustrated were you when the av guy was like sitting at, and his back was turned with his headphones in while all the cool shit was happening, like coming down the stairs. And I was like, how, how do you not like your only job is to look at this spot. How do you not turn around? Yeah. Well, and then, so they get to that night, right? I think what the daughter has, if he left or she leaves in a little bit, she, she left. But the the your paranormal lady who's supposed to make you feel good that everything's going to be all right, first of all, admits she's terrified and then is drinking on the job. I would, too. I would, too. Actually, I, I said that the older daughter left. I don't think she did. Although there is like intermediate times where she's like, oh, I want to go to Brad's or I want to go to Lisa's or whatever. Yeah, it's usually dudes houses she's going to. Mm, so Lisa. Yeah. So next we have the white guy. Is it Marty? I don't know his name. I never learned his name in this. But he goes into the kitchen and says he's hungry and starts eating chicken and then pulls a steak out of the fridge. Who goes to someone's house and just pulls a steak out of the fridge and is like, I'm going to cook a steak at 3 a.m.? That guy. What kind of monster? You know, I read somewhere that they wanted Drew Barrymore to play the little girl. But did, and, that, and that's actually why she ended up getting E.T. is because he he inter- he you know auditioned her for this. But then he was like, she doesn't exactly have what I want. And so he he found this little girl like in a cafeteria on like the movie studio lot. And apparently she like bombed her first interview and he's like, but she's perfect at our first audition. So he made her audition again and she got it. I mean, she's a cute little girl. Very. And that's the other thing is that I was like, this girl's too like cutesy. 
And I was like, I thought she was going to turn, like you said, like exorcist style, right? That's not what happens. That's, That's not, not what happens, happens at all. So yeah, the, the monster with the stake and the stake comes alive um, and he starts just losing his mind. Then he starts ripping his face off. Um, and then yep. we get we get all the ghosts like there's these ghost lights that appear and they like walk down the stairs and then go into the ceiling and then jewelry falls out of the ceiling and they're like all right fuck this and they send their kids away they're like the girl goes one, one way and then the to her friends and then the little boy's like going to grandma's house and he's probably like thank god no clowns <laughs> over there <laughs> now. Man, what's actually quite unbelievable is that after they think that their house was cleansed and everything is taken care of, they kept that motherfucking clown in his room. That's that's the part I can't believe. Whose clown was that? That it's like, is it like a family clown that they're passing down? Like, why is it in his room staring at his bed? This was your great great grandfather's creepy clown, and now it can be yours. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, one thing I'll say is, so like we get this sort of reveal way later in the movie that basically uh, they're on a. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get rid of all these burial plots, and the guy's like, "What? You're just gonna get rid of this?" He's like, "Yeah, don't worry, we'll move it." And it's not like it's an Indian burial ground. That would be horrible. It's just white people. So like. And then you find out that they didn't actually move it. They just moved the headstones. They didn't even know right. if they moved it. They might just like run over them. Um, but like all this old jewelry is just from those caskets, right? There's like kind of a pl- a practical explanation for a lot of this, even like not all of it. But um, it's just funny that the, it, the movie doesn't spell it out for you. You have to like go back and think of it and be like, oh, that's where the jewelry came from. That's where this yeah. and that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think that reveal was great, even though I think if you know anything about this movie, you know that Indian burial grounds is the main like plot point of this film. Um, but the but way it was, but they're not Indian burial grounds. No, they're white they're, people. They're, no, no, no. The one on the hill, right? The one where his boss took him to on the hill. Those are white people. Okay. Uh-huh. But the reveal is, is that when he goes up the hill, right? He's like, "Oh, we'll just move it." Uh, they can visit their their family up the road at Memorial thing. It's five miles closer to town. We'll be doing them a favor, whatever he says. Right. And he's like, oh, OK. Like, he's kind of weirded out by it. And then the guy says, yeah, it's the same thing we did with the tribal burial ground down there. Oh. And, he's, he, and he says tribal. He doesn't say Indian, but that's what he means. And so he's like, that's what we did with the tribal Indian tribal burial ground down there. And that's where he looks at him. And he's like, the what now? And then that's where everything like comes together in his head. And for us as the audience too, the big reveal, he rushes back down there to be like, you know, warn everyone. I don't know what he could do, but, um, but my other favorite part of this movie, apart from the, the reveal is where he grabs the guy by the collar and he's like, you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Very, very upset with him over there. Um, yeah. And I guess we basically just covered the uh, scene where he, his boss is like really worried. He's going to lose his best seller. 
and it's like, ah, oh, we'll move you up here. You can have your own house, which is like a pretty sweet deal. Right. Um, but then we get to meet Tangina. Tangina? Tangina? No, no, it's no, it's Tangina. Tangina. Great name. I love when she's like, y'all mind hanging back? You're jamming my frequencies. And fucking Craig T. Nelson, what side of the rainbow are we working tonight? I was like, everyone's thinking it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, probably a line that wouldn't fly nowadays, but it's uh, it's such an odd choice, right? To have like a little person in this role where she's, a, she's an actual medium though oh is she in real life yeah yeah she actually i think so I, like it's what i read and she like has prognostications from time to time so i don't know i think she fits it pretty well no she fits it pretty well but how did she feel about basically being a hack in this film she's not a hack she was right about everything she got their daughter back I okay, so this is this part confuses me. So did you feel like she was a little evil at a at a point there, right? Because I think that's some preconceived notion you had about her. I don't yeah, no, I don't know. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Listen. Are you talking about the part where she's like, Yeah, don't don't pull yet, no, don't do it, and he does it anyway and it kind of works out for him? Yeah, that's what I mean. And then she was like they're they're theirs now or something creepy like that like oh they're lost or now go like, to the, or go to the, go to the light yeah oh, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I, yeah i mean it was a little weird i um but i don't i think i don't think the movie's ever getting out that she's bad maybe it's expanded upon in the second one or something but i don't think that's what the movie's getting at but i do think what happens there is a little muddled and hard to follow like if you're like all right so yeah what are you trying to say by her being like Cause she's like, oh, now go to the light. And the mom's like, you said not to go to the light. What are you doing? She's like, just trust me. I mean, it ends up working out. So I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that she was evil. But I was like, it kind of is trying to point to that. But then doesn't. Um, it, it, it did feel like a half-baked idea that never really like saw all the way through. But a little pieces was, you know, left in there. And I guess what I mean by that she's a hack is she's like your house has been cleansed that part is yeah and then no it hasn't i i agree with that part it almost felt like a my work is done here (laughs) yeah no exactly and the fact that like the 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 ending the actual ending is like it came back like tenfold it's like I felt like she almost did, you know, more harm than good at that point. But that's that's the confu- the confusion of it, right? Like I don't know what the movie wants me to think of her, the situation, or any of it. So, uh, you know, Craig T. Nelson's not happy with her being there, and he tries to test her, and then she sort of like reads his mind, or probably just realizes he's being a dick. It, I didn't take a mind reader to figure that out. Um. But I I kind of want to run through this part real quick just to get to when they decide to when she's like, all right, let's save your daughter. Cause she's like, the daughter is alive in the house. It's the child closet. The child's closet is what we need to do. There's this one line where she tells the mother, Will you do anything I ask, even if it contradicts your morals and your Christian beliefs? And I was like, This is where the porn starts. 
Oh, I thought this is where the Satanism starts. Maybe, yeah. But I was like, the porn parody of this, this is where it's like, you have to do anything I ask to save your daughter. I I think, um, speaking of porn parody, do you I didn't know... I really going along saying about this. <laughs> no, no. Well, now you've opened up a jar of, of a can of worms, or a jar, whatever, a jar, whatever a your jar, preference is. A jar is. of Pandora. Um, Pandora's jar. <laughs> so, at the end of the movie, where the mom is being flung around her room, and before that, being in the hot tub, did that come off as like very sexual to you? And like her underwear was being lifted up by the ghost and like flung yes. around the room. I'm pretty sure that ghost was trying to have sex with her. And if not, I'm pretty sure Scary Movie took that scene and then made it that the ghost was having sex with her. Uh, for sure the second part. And as Tangina said, they don't know they're dead, right? So you just this dude, dude ghost, sees a woman in her underwear and then, you know, goes for it. You know, he did not get consent first, obviously. Um so that ghost needs to be canceled, is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, PG, P, PG, a family picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kids of all ages. So now we are saving Carol Ann. Um, this is a really good scene that could have been the ending, but we have another one after that. Um, the effects are really great. They have like the setup at downstairs with the with the guys there, and then they, they go upstairs into the room. They're just throwing fucking tennis balls through it, which is weird because... They threw the tennis ball through it, and when the guy catches it, it looked like a different color, like it had been like burned or something. Burned, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, is she going to come through that? But I guess it's like just this fucking goop that gets all over them, right? So then they yeah. throw the rope. I love before this when she's like, you know, get Carol Ann's attention, and the mom tries, and she doesn't say anything. She's like, Dad, tell her you'll spank her. He's like, I've never spanked her. I was like, yes, you have. Yes, you have, Craig T. Nelson. I know you have. I can tell. You've spanked your, you've spanked your kids. <laughs> Uh, you're you're a you're a '60s dad, of course. You spank your kids. Um, y- yeah. So I thought this was, and obviously, like this is the big scene. This is the big moment. This is like, um, what what the whole movie? What what word am I looking for? Like the all the budget went to this part, right? Well, maybe not right. to this part, but. Basically, Satan's uh, asshole opens up in this girl's closet, and uh, yeah, it's like I—I I mean, it looks like I'm looking at a picture of it right here, man, and it looks liter literally like an in, the inside of an intestine. Okay. And uh, especially, like, they're covered in shit when they uh, come out of it. Oh, yeah. That's what they're going for. Uh, But, no, this is great, right? Because this is, like, all the apparitions. The giant skull comes out. um, Creepy as fuck. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they pull her out. I love the part where... And uh, Tangina's like, I'm going in. And the mom is like, no, I'll go in. And she's like, you don't know what you're doing. She's like, yeah, but you haven't been in there either. And Tangina's like, okay, yeah, you're right. You go in. <laughs> and that is 
yeah, she's a hack, right? Right. Like if we ever weren't sure, that is like she is a hack. Um, and then right afterwards, they fall through, get him in the bathtub. This house is clean. And I was and like, there's I, there's 20 minutes left. Not only that, but just the way she said it, I was like, she's so full of shit. And nothing was resolved. They just got the girl back. It's not like it's not like they they put all the souls to rest or anything like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. But they got the girl back, so and I I was like, you know, the medium said this is resolved, you got your daughter back. Why are you moving, right? And of course, they were right to move because, as I've said, well, there's 20 minutes left in the movie. Not only, not only that, because even if everything was chill, the guy still has the knowledge that they built that entire neighborhood on burial grounds, and he, he doesn't know that yet. Well, he doesn't know for sure that his house is on it or that they haven't moved it. No, no, because he well, he knows that that there was another one down there, right? But he, the bodies haven't started popping up yet. That happened in the last like ten minutes, right? Okay, I guess you're right. I guess he's, he doesn't become like the whole line about like, oh, you you move the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. That doesn't come until it's very apparent that that's what happened. The beginning is a bunch of setup about like things that happen in the end. And so when they were like, oh, you know, we're done here. The house is cleansed. We're moving. That's the end of the movie. I was like, then why did they make such a big deal about the pool? Right? Like, why does she have that story about her sleepwalking and that fear of drowning in the pool? And like the pool construction was just what? a Nothing. And same thing with the clown, the clown, the pool. Like, I was like, there's a bunch of loose ends, but whatever movie. I was so disappointed. I was like, I'm going to go into this review and just telling everyone how shit this movie is. And then in the last 20 minutes of the movie, it all made it, you know, everything comes into play. Um, but I was confused why we were lingering so long on her in the tub. And then I was Rob- and then Robbie with the clown and it's a good fake out, right? Because I was really sure that stuff was going to happen in the tub. And the fact that it cuts to her, just coming out of the tub, you know, in a robe laying on the bed. I was like, Oh wow. It really made you think that shit was going to go down. And it just, it didn't. Um, Fun fact about the clown is that, and I don't, I don't know if you, you read this, but, the whole scene where Robbie is getting attacked by the clown is shot in reverse. What do you mean? Um, so like, you know how the clown's arms were wrapped around him. They, yeah. Okay. To get well, they were wrapped around him first and then they went unwrapped and then that was played in, re- you know, in reverse. So the kid had to act in reverse too. So he had to start out at a hundred percent fear and then go down to like unexpected. And then when it was played in reverse, you can't even tell. Yeah. The other thing I read about that, I didn't read that part, but the other thing I read is that at one point he's like, I can't breathe. And Spielberg's like, oh, he's ad-libbing. Nice. And then he's like, oh, shit, he's choking. Like he was actually getting choked by the clown and Spielberg got to come in and like take it off of him. <laughs> wow. What a what a good actor. Wow. He's dead. No pulse. God, this guy, this kid's method. I'm going to cast this kid at Elliot. Oh, God, I'm killing him. 
<laughs> the clown um, reveal is really good. It's like obvious, right? He checks one side of the bed, then checks the other. You think it's going to be on the other, and it's not. And then you look up, and it's just right behind him. And it's like, gotcha, bitch. And, like, grabs him. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's uh, that was legitimately frightening. Even to me. Uh, even at 30. And then so we get to the mom, like, gets, like, she kind of goes outside. She gets... What, how does she get in the pool? I can't even remember how she gets in the pool. Okay, okay. She she runs outside to get help, right? That's right. And then she's like, she goes up to her her fence that's like with her uh, bordering her neighbor's house. She yells, and then she turns back around to go back in the pool. But it's so rainy and muddy, she slips in the pool. Yeah, she goes to go back in the house and then slips in the pool. Yeah. Um, apparently she didn't want to do this scene and Spielberg was like, why? And he's like, well, all this fucking electrical shit and I'm in water. If any of this falls in here, I'm just going to die. So he's actually in the water with her. Cause he's like, well, then we'll both die. You know, if, if, if it helps, I'll be in here with you. Hey, he's um, like, I'm Steven Spielberg. I can't die. <laughs> I am immortal. Um, and so, yeah, she gets back out. She gets inside. I love the long hallway shot as it, like, as the, it gets really so long. Good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then she like she finally gets in there. She's able to pull both the kids out, and then that's when her husband finally shows up. After she's basically done everything, the man shows up. Yeah, um, I I loved the caskets popping out of everywhere, like following yeah. them and everything like that. I thought that was so good. Um, them driving off as they drive off, the daughter finally comes home and she's like what the fuck and they're like just shut up and get in the car and then she uh, won't i was like just leave her just leave her just leave her um they're all yelling at their dad too to like start the car and i was like that's not helping like that's not helping him oh my god him trying to get the key in the ignition and he can't i'm like this is why we invented the push button for the car ignition now you know you probably like missed the button um, and as they're driving away, their house is being swallowed, like in Carrie, and then like the the ground is being shot up with caskets and stuff like that. Like this is a huge production on a lot, like rigged to all hell. Like this felt like the most Spielberg to me. This moment, yeah, and it's like attacking the whole neighborhood a little bit, but then it doesn't really, and it just swallowed. Yeah, the swallowing up of the house into like nothing is really cool it's a cool shot but i really love the ending when they get to the hotel they look like completely like they've had a day close the door opens it back up and pushes the tv out and then the camera pans away is like a perfect ending to it yeah no i mean you know i think this movie was what neither of us thought it was gonna be um but i think we both had fun watching it i did no, I liked it a lot. Like I said, I think I think you just have to have the right expectations going to this. And it's not what I expected, but I think it pulled it around to where I was like, no, it's really, it's obviously really great. Um, it's just, I was expecting grittier and like more disgusting and like less, I guess less Spielberg really. And, but it definitely has, you know, it has his handprints on it. And like Spielberg doesn't make bad movies, right? So this isn't a bad movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> 
Right. No, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I've never seen uh, Encounters of the Third Kind, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So I, I really need to watch that because I think uh, knowing that that's Spielberg, I think I'd enjoy it more. 2023? It's almost here. I'm saying Encounters of the Third Kind. Let's do it. We'll do it in 2023. No, definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And we finally watched Poltergeist. Poltergeist.